Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very, very much for listening to mine. This is an episode with Craig Lewis. Craig Lewis was wrongly placed in a mental institution and had to stay in there for years. We go into that in detail. He also has a couple of graphic novels. I will leave the links below in the description. This podcast is rated not safe for work because of some of the subject matter he talks about as well as the language he uses. Now, I feel like I need to say, and I've said this before I say it in the episode actually a couple of times, um, his delivery comes off as as though, in his words, he's crazy. And that's because of the medicine that they had him on that kind of messed with his mental state. But this is not new ground. Other people have reported this in their blog and on their podcast, etc. It was a real shame what happened to him in his life and I was only too happy to raise awareness about it on my podcast alright everybody um, have a good day and I certainly am having a great day and I hope you are too alright I'll see you around bye bye always present this as much as a conversation as I can so honestly I'd rather you not mute unless it's just distracting because, I mean, I drink on microphone, so. Um, all right. Um, okay, so, so let me just say this. Craig, why don't you get us started brother, off? Brother, yeah. I, I, I'm a pothead. It helps me with my mental health, so that's why I would put it on mute from time to time. But beyond that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> just out of respect for the people that, um, all right. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So, so Craig, uh, first of all, welcome to the History Voyager. And, um how how can I help you today? You said you wanted to talk about uh, spirituality and things like that. And well, uh, well, brother, uh, I thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. It's super it's super cool uh, to get to know you on uh, topics that matter to me. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. people who have interest in what I have interest in and what I have a desire to share with the world. So yes, we've connected on uh, the. Uh, the topics of uh, spirituality and mental health and radical change and healing. And uh, I have a story. I have a story, brother, that has made me who I am today. And I like to speak with people like yourself and share with the world, including the people listening to your show, of course, uh, what I've learned, like the wisdom I've gained as part of surviving Mm -hmm. the impossible. So, that's why I'm speaking with you. That's why you're speaking with me. And that's why we're both, I think, here today. Yeah. So, um, first of all, you're, you're living in Mexico. Um, I am living in Mexico. I'm living in a beautiful uh, mountain town uh, south of Mexico City. And mm-hmm. uh, it's very clean. It's very safe. I'm very happy here. And I thank the heavens that I, I ended up here tell you that much oh that's cool that's cool yeah. so uh all right 
so how did you get interested in in uh you got into mental health through basically through your own um situation is that right that is correct sir (laughs) okay i I was i was yeah there's no way around that fact yes okay all right yeah okay Um, All right. So, yeah, I I got into mental health because I was treated for mental health issues when I was a kid. And the long and short of that is that the whole thing is a fraud. And my parents were very unhealthy. Uh, They were both trauma survivors uh, uh, themselves uh, since children, since childhood. They never really got help for their issues. And it's uh, probably... Uh, with all the right factors in place, when two narcissistic people somehow connect and somehow fuel each other in some alternate reality that they live in, uh, they created a child, which I would believe, I hope, was out of love without really recognizing how sick they were. And when that child was a, a seven or so and started to form his personality and, like, know the difference between right and wrong and start speaking and going to school, etc. cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a problem for them because I said things that you're not supposed to say about what they were doing because what they were doing were things that you're not supposed to talk about. And so that is my introduction to mental health. Mm-hmm. And thus, because of my uh, openness about what was going on at home, I was put through a series of you know, evaluations and going to see psychologists and social workers and psychiatrists, all of whom really said the same thing, which was that my parents were dysfunctional, that they couldn't really uh, like, uh, conduct themselves appropriately, that it appeared that they were um, it appeared that they were trying to get their kid to react, me being the kid, trying to do things that would elicit reaction. And this is something that they would document, and they kept telling my parents, Oh, no, 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 you, you should really work on your, yourselves and see a therapist. Your son is reacting to your behavior. That was completely unacceptable. And by the time I was 14 years old, I'd been through seven different or at least seven different uh, mental health professionals of different sorts. And ultimately, uh, they found somebody who, who uh, agreed with them for whatever uh, warped or distorted reason they were able to get him to. I imagine they they may have bribed him or threatened him or who knows what, because they have a history of that that we found out about later. And basically, uh, they got me put into a psychiatric hospital where they could not find anything wrong with me. So they kept me there for a very long time, like four months. And they couldn't find anything wrong with me. But ultimately, they diagnosed me with um, what's called, uh, well, in layman's terms, it's called uh, temporary schizophrenia that will go away. I was literally treated for something that doesn't really exist. And they put me into a psychiatric residential home after that. And mm-hmm. again, it's, it's a situation in which the uh, staff, the, the clinicians, etc., cetera, uh, recognized that something was wrong. And they documented that something was wrong. And they also documented that the psychiatrist didn't think I was in need of this treatment. And then they documented that 
my mother called and mm. she threatened them and said, if the doctor doesn't change Craig's file to say that he is sick, we're going to file a lawsuit against him. And thus, he changed the diagnosis and I was treated with psychiatric drugs. Now, I think before we continue with the story, I think we should say that you spent years trying to prove that you were there was nothing wrong with you and you actually got another doctor to say there was never anything wrong with you. Well, yes. that is that is that is a summary uh, yes. that you just gave that's true. Well, what I I wanted to throw that in there before you continued because I wanted to sort of show everybody where we were going with this story. Thank you. Know? you. Because I can just right. go because this is the kind of story, right? I have to right. balance myself when I talk because, you know, I, I, it's yeah. like we're not on video right now. We're talking conversationally, like phone, phone conversation. Yeah. And my facial expressions, like I can feel because, you know, when you, uh, you know how they say we can make so many, it takes so many more uh, muscle sweat, is it to smile than it is to frown? So I don't know. I don't know what the, that calculation is, but something like that. Maybe I get it back backwards but like mm. i am like so visual in my and how i speak about these topics because it hurts me it hurts me you know i'm i'm speaking with you in, in part to heal to help myself but to help others and like yeah. i'm also smiling like i smile when i yeah. when this topic this specific topic of yeah i fought for, for my life i fought for my dignity that that this system is wrong they did screw up, and I could just try to live with that and try to get healthy and happy. And that's what I'm trying to do. But that's true, and so mm. yeah, that is power right there. Like here's this is a situation in which, in which the history books are written by both the victim and the victor, which I find to be to be quite remarkable. That that is who I am, and the story is quite hidden. And I I speak with many people about this because. Well, it's quite hidden. How do we change the future for the better if we don't have history properly recorded for the here and now? And so, yeah, mm. thank you. Thank you for uh, speaking up and helping people know that that's where we're going. Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, uh, to, to throw it. I mean, not that this is entertain. I mean, you know, this isn't expressly entertainment, but I just wanted to show everybody uh where exactly we, we were going well let's put it this yeah yeah we can illustrate it with this like uh context like professional wrestling right wrestling you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. right that's 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 entertainment and people can get hurt and like look at the history of it people get hurt but it's entertainment those guys are getting paid to put on a show as as compared to, if you will, or contrasted with, like boxing, people go to, by people go by the hundreds of thousands or however many to go to arenas or stadiums to watch boxing, just like they go to watch uh, or martial mixed martial arts, just like they go to watch uh, professional wrestling, like professional wrestling in quotes, right, right, and so that's the difference, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, right? It's interesting. Yeah, so they gave yeah. me this diagnosis, and I was 
heavily drugged. And those drugs caused me to grow breasts. Okay. And I was feminized. And I had breasts. The condition is called gynecomastia. Here's a really screwed up story about that as a side note, if I may. Uh, as this story progresses and ultimately what's happened is I've ended up in a better place. Uh, I've taken myself around the world on a journey of finding out who I was and how I was going to be. And uh, I, I was without any supports back home. And I, I, yeah, as you can imagine, growing up the way I did, not everyone's going to like you. In fact, most people didn't. And I lost a lot. And I didn't have supports. I had to build a new life up, uh, out of the ashes. And I've done that. But speaking of this particular point about uh, being a, a man with, with breasts, uh, by this like unnatural method. Yes, mm-hmm. that's generally how it is. But an unnatural method, right? Uh, uh, I was in Athens, Greece, because I traveled. I traveled the world while trying to, sp- to share my story. Just like I'm speaking with you now, I've spoken with thousands and thousands and thousands of people in, in, in dozens of countries, just like I am with you here. And uh, in, in speaking with the the translator in Athens, Greece, couple, uh, three years ago, uh, I always tell them when I talk about a specific thing, right? This is what I'm talking about, because usually most people don't know about it. And I said, I had this thing in English, it's called gynecomastia. And she goes, the woman said, oh, that's a Greek word. I was like, oh, my God, you know what I'm talking about? I don't have to explain it. It was like such a relief. And then we went in and we're giving the presentation. And I was just like, I said, I can't believe just 20 minutes ago, I was talking with the translator, trying to prepare for this. And I said, gynecomastia because no one ever knows what the heck i'm talking about like how can this so strange this, this thing that can happen she goes oh yeah and i was like this is a piece of my healing right here right now athens greece gynecomastia. you mean just just to label it i mean just to they just knew to what it, it yeah, yeah just they, uh, i can imagine they knew what it meant yeah they knew they knew what the label. word meant because it's a greek word so they knew what i meant when i said it and yeah. it, when I speak in English to people, when I speak to people who are English speakers like myself, it takes this whole process. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's why you heal. Like, that's how you have to record history properly. How can you be a person if you don't have the facts about who you are and where you come from and why you are? And any human being who is denied that that freedom must fight for it. And, and they might not succeed, but they must fight for it. And if they do, sometimes they do succeed. And I'm, a, I'm an example of that. Mm-hmm. So. That's why like, I, I don't want to be viewed as an, a person who is egotistical because, frankly, people say, oh, I wish I had your life. You get to travel the world and you live in Mexico and you know, do whatever you want. I'm like, I arrived here because everything got burned to the ground to try to get rid of me. Don't be jealous of me. Like, let me speak. Let me be understood. Like, go, like, yeah. like, let the facts be the facts. You don't have to add some sort of like asterisks to everything because that doesn't fit like the, 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 the current like contemporary accepted narratives. You know what I'm saying? Do you want to tell, so let me ask you something, Craig, please. Uh, do you want to tell, cause we, we talked off, uh, off air extensively. So do you want to tell a little bit, just a little bit about why it is? Cause when you say things were burned down and I had to go to Mexico, like, do you want to say what exact? Not what exactly you mean, but uh, maybe a little bit of what you mean. Give people a flavor of what you're talking about. 
I'm going to give the people a flavor of what I'm talking about. Thank okay. you, my friend. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as you can imagine, you just heard a brief snippet of my story, right? Okay, cool. You already know it's screwed up. Okay, cool. I spent my whole adolescence and adult life in that situation. Decades. Right. Check it out. 1991, I had plastic surgery to remove those breasts. Come on. How was a teenager supposed to be a teenager? How was a man supposed to develop out of a boy when he spent his teenage years with breasts? Give me a break, society. Like, give me a break. Right. Come on. Anyways. All right. Snap. Moving forward. Right. Yeah. Why? 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 Because. In 2013, and mind you, I was working as a mental health worker since 2007 because this miracle of a thing exists called, uh, uh, what we can call it, uh, lived experience mental health workers, meaning people who have mental health challenges like I did, or on paper I did, how screwed up is this, right? On paper it said I did. I took the pills because on paper it said I did, right? So I was able to Get, you know, go to get trained and work as a mental health worker. It's called a certified peer specialist because I had lived experience with mental health challenges, addiction, and trauma. I said, yes, I have mental illness. Yes, 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 I do. The doctor said I did. I take the pills. Diagnosed, diagnosed. All right, right, right. Okay. So working for years as that person identifying as having mental illness, I work in this job. I talk about my condition. I help people. But I was a regular case manager. I had regular responsibilities like every other mental health worker. I just also had uh, the asterisk behind my name, which was like, yes, he also has lived experience with the things that the clients that we uh, as mental health providers provide services for also experience. So mind you, as I said, I was already working as a mental health worker. 2013, I obtained my childhood adolescent mental health records from the state because I worked for the state mental health um, agency program mm. uh, department. Mm. And as it turned out, uh, I was a victim. I don't want to be a victim, right? Who wants to be a victim? So how could you not be, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary and every dictionary in every language in the world, a victim is, is, a, is, is a person or, or, or a creature, or if you will, um, of an attack, of a violation. So I don't want to be a victim, but I am. Okay? And I found that out. And I mm -hmm. found out that this actually, I was actually victimized. I was mm -hmm. officially victimized. And it is all do, written down in documents. Do uh, excuse me. Do you want to tell the audience what you told me or not it's okay if you don't i can tell the audience everything i'm comfortable with saying because uh i've i've said yeah. it before and i'll say it again and yeah i'm telling the truth and so uh they're more afraid of me than i'm afraid of them and so i live with that every day because I don't want to be afraid of anything, so I do live with that, you know, that, oh, there's a little concern, right? But I'm not the bad guy. And so, you know what? I can do whatever I want, as long as I'm honest, 
as long as I make sure that I say things that are factual, that are true, as long as I say things that um, are not, you know, considered a, um, a stretch, and I focus on here's what I know, here's what I can prove, as long as I make sure that the words that come out of my mouth or the things that I write are things that can be proven, then I have power. And so I'm not protected. I, well, let's say 95% of the time I'll be protected in this world, in this reality, because you know there are entity, entities that exist that take care of shit. <laughs> like, 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 come on. Like, like just because you tell the truth doesn't mean like, like that's okay for some people. But uh, nevertheless, uh, my power is in telling the truth. And uh, here goes. Yeah. So um, just to make sure I have all the the, uh, the 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 T's crossed and the I's dotted, let me just get myself up to speed here with myself. So I was working as a mental health worker, and I in 2015, after uh, I should say, yeah, no, this is correct. Yes. In 2015, when I stopped taking the psychiatric drugs because I obtained my medical records that um, showed that I was a victim, and I think I already shared uh, where I got those records from, where I was working, light bulb, light bulb, light bulb, and, well, I got off these drugs. I had my, my medical record cleared of these psychiatric diagnoses while also working for uh as a as a vetted uh staff trainer for the uh, massachusetts uh mental health services um authority mm-hmm. and uh i was their vetted employee training their workers as well as working in other facilities as well and uh well of course i told the world what happened to me because who gets the opportunity to prove like how many people in this world have been violated and abused in their lives and have never received justice. I mean, just just to interject here, I, I did a quick Google, and um, it appears as though you have been telling your story going back at least to 2015. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, just, just, just to say, like, you're, you know... Um, yeah, and you, you've got some pretty reputable people here that are totally, you know, have given you a platform. And I, I applaud you for being that that brave. Um, so, all right, so you're working in the, do you want to mm-hmm. say the agency? Because anybody who Googles your nah, name. You know okay, what? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip that particular piece. All right. All right. Okay. So I'm going to go like this. I'm going to snap my fingers. I'm going to wink at you, even though you can't see me, and then I'm just going to move on. How's that sound? Okay. But, yes, I'm, they know. I'm just, I'm just saying, for my audience, I mean, you can Google his You can Google his name, Craig Lewis, and mental health, and, you know, you're Googleable, sir. So I am Googleable. Oh, my God. I have the craziest thing I have to tell you. Okay. All right, listen. Okay. This is so outrageous. This is about me being Googleable. Holy crap! Yeah. You're 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 a very, very, uh, you're very special. Uh, you, uh, okay, because you right. seem to just really. I'm really, wow. You're. I'm really grateful right now for you. All right, okay. so, dude, 
Uh, I was, um, oh my God. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just, I'm going to continue with the story and I'm going to just include this specific anecdote in the story as I go, as to not uh, be confusing here. <clears throat> but, oh my God. So just okay. bear with me. <clears throat> so anyways. Uh, <clears throat> I uh, made that report because I, I made a report of my coworker being sexually inappropriate with patients. And the report was covered up. I've been choked out. I've been choked out. I've been choked out by the people who know that this happened. But not just that. What if they were in part the same people who know it happened when I was a kid? That hurts, okay. right? You can just like feel yeah. your throat getting choked out right there. It's like, oh, choke, choke. Like, I can hardly breathe. So, yeah. While getting off all these drugs, which, of course, after 28 years, you know, like they say, people who um, drink or use drugs mm -hmm. from like mm -hmm. an early age, when they finally get sober, they're still emotionally immature. And so here I was, uh, age 41, emotionally immature. Mm -hmm. And you got to understand that I was vulnerable because I never had the, uh, uh, the, the, the chance in life to develop like my own like emotional, mental, intellectual stability. Everything I had ever done, all the successes I had had, were, were, were already built on a foundation of me being on drugs the entire time. 28 yeah. years, I took heavy psychotropic medication. You know what I'm saying? All right. Yeah, which, which well, you were wrongly prescribed by. Which I was wrongly prescribed. And isn't yeah. it interesting that even of the many, like you've yeah. looked me up, you see I've been interviewed by many reputable people. In yeah. many of those interviews, you'll hear them say to me, so Craig Lewis was misdiagnosed. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Let's get yeah. this straight. There's nothing about making a mistake here. This isn't about, myth, oh, oh, he didn't meet the criteria for this. We made an error. Heck no. So no. How, would you, how would you describe it? Intentionally. It, I was intentionally yeah. given a diagnosis of schizophrenia yeah. for the purpose of having me be drugged and delegitimized by my family yeah, who okay. was intent on doing whatever they were doing because they were not well themselves and they had the money to do it. Okay. That, yeah. All right. So let me cut to the chase because like for the sake of my own mental health, for the sake of time and for your listeners, let's get this, yeah. this, this, this deal done here. All right. So okay. same people who were tasked with investigating my report that I witnessed on the job these things happening, and I was required by law to do that. It's called being a mandated reporter. Most mental health workers are in that role. Uh, school bus drivers, nurses, the teachers, you know, when you see a kid coming to your class, right, or mm -hmm. if you work in elderly services and, like, you see a, a person come in and they're all bruised up or you see things under their clothes, you know, with, you see, you're like, you're required by law, uh, whether or not um, uh, you have proof of it. If you are just even, uh, you're concerned that something's wrong. You suspect that there's an abuse of a vulnerable person occurring. You are required by law in order to have your job to make that report. And I made that report. And it wasn't that I suspected it. It was that mm. I was witness to it. And as you can imagine, 
Well, if I if you heard what I just shared about what happened to me as a kid and how I proved all this stuff, mm-hmm. and if you can imagine who was I reporting this stuff to? Mm-hmm. Wow. I guess I just had to be cut out. You, you so. told me you had told me off air that it had come to your attention that people you were working with um, essentially knew your story, like they knew your situation and all the time. Like there right? are, indi- yeah, there are, the, yes. Yeah. There's 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 people who know mm-hmm. from the very beginning that this was going on. Okay. And my yeah. my personal uh vulnerabilities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. were exploited. I'm just I'm just like I'm saying a horrible fact. Yeah, I wish exploit, it wasn't exploited by whom? Uh the uh, my coworkers. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, you know you know how um we uh Recently had a a, a a president of of our of our our country who mm-hmm. had some extreme thinking maybe about yes, yes. what he and he was really good at um like getting people to do really fucked up things and like mm-hmm. getting them into these little webs of of traps of and then like attacking and manipulating and all these you know I'm not going to get into that we, I mean I'm glad that we're moving on and world continues but um. But you know, you know those kind of behaviors I'm talking about, those kind of scary behaviors. Oh, you do know because you live in the United States. No matter what you believe or who you vote for or whatever, you know that some really weird things have happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm being diplomatic here because we have to respect everybody. And we're, we're all where we're at, right? But um, <laughs> but you know those kind of behaviors, the, uh, the grab you by the you know what kind of behaviors. Like who thinks you can just mm-hmm. do that? How do you become president when that's who you are? Well, before I filed my report in 2015, Long before that man became president, but when he was up and about in the process, I, I said to people, I'm dealing with somebody who behaves like that. I have a coworker who behaves like this. Mm. He behaves like the man who then became the president. And while mm. what ended up happening was look what happened. Look mm. who became president. Look at the chaos. Look what's, look, look what's resulted. Yeah. Look at my life. I've been watching this whole thing on uh, play out for five years on TV. Yeah. Every time I'm like, oh, that's my story. I can't believe it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like Jake Tapper. Like, when are you gonna talk to me? Like, like, like. Uh, well, uh, I, the I young will. Turks, when are you gonna yeah. talk to me? I am your guy. Like, like yeah. every every report. I'm like, yup. I know. I know. I get it. Bring me on. Like, this is me. Like, talk to me. Yeah. I have a real life. But yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about, brother. Same yeah. thing. I just want to I just want to interject for the more skeptical of my audience uh, that he actually this guest my guest today Craig Lewis he's actually been interviewed about this very same topic by media outlets and bloggers and people just all over the world and so this is real this is a real story this is this is actual I mean this is you know, and personally, I think he's pretty brave to be coming on and talking to strangers about his story. Um, and, uh, you know, if he doesn't want me to say the agency that did this to him, then I'll respect that. Or if he doesn't want to say it, I'll respect that, too. But it's it's out there for you to see on the Internet, people. I'm just saying. Just telling well, you. 
What I'd like to say, brother, yeah. is that um, I actually did not specifically tell you. Uh, mm. I usually refrain from doing so for a certain reason because, mm. like I said, snap of the fingers, wink of the eye. Everyone knows, I, what's, everyone knows what's going on, and they know at some point in time that this is going to be fully addressed. You well, know, sir. You feel what I'm saying, but I haven't actually said it. I understand what you're saying. And I want to respect your wishes. But my thing is, sir, you're going to add more validity to your story with me today if you just tell people the agency so they can Google it themselves. Because it's really an amazing story. So what I'm going to do, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to give your listeners enough information to do their own research because that is what a, a that's the smartest thing for me to do. But I yeah. like this. I like that you're challenging me. And I know there's people who are going to be listening to this because I know people are watching. Because So I want to say hello you, to I'll you. you. Yeah. I'll tell you what I did personally is I was skeptical until I put a couple of your name and a couple of search terms in Google. And it came up right away. And it came up like a whole list of all this stuff. And it's really amazing that that people – I mean, we're not that – you and I are not that old. This happened, you know, stuff like what you're talking about happened, you know, in the 50s and in the 60s and in the 40s and in the 30s and in the 20s for sure. But this happened within our lifetimes even. Yeah. And people need to know this. Like people <laughs> need to know how modern society still works. So I'm asking you because this is already on the internet. So what I'm going to say <laughs> is yeah. As I've already stated, uh as I've already stated, I for many years, you can just google us. My name mm -hmm. is Craig Lewis. And um, why don't you tell uh, everybody how to spell Lewis? L E W I S, first name Craig, C R A I G. I am from Boston, Massachusetts. And mm -hmm. for many years, I was blessed and honored uh, to be a well respected and uh, appreciated and contributing member of the, the Massachusetts mental health world. And I was just treated with the most beautiful, dignified, loving, uh, empowering uh, support by so many of my uh, colleagues at the Department of Mental Health, who uh, uh, the Massachusetts Department of Mental Health, who brought me in and honored me uh, with 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 really really amazing uh, job opportunities. Um, mm. And you can even go look that up and. Uh, you know, and, YouTube and I, videos of me being okay. honored by them. It's really beautiful. And, and I just okay. wanted to say that I thank them uh, now, let, for, uh, for that yeah. opportunity. I don't mean to interrupt you, but let me interject. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is telling you the truth. Okay. His, your, no offense, but your delivery is a little um, crazy. I don't want to offend you, but that's the word. It um, is. But honestly, crazy. Honestly, people, he's telling the truth, okay? 
he's he's not lying at all. I googled it. It's it's out in the world. It he's he's been doing this at least since 2015, people. And I'm just saying this 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 is a tragedy, a tragedy of, of proportions. You know, you think about this stuff in the 1920s and the 1930s. You don't think about this in the 90s. Right, <laughs> you don't think about this in the 1990s, but here it is, people. <laughs> I have to say one real quick. Um, I am so I, I'm, 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 if this was on video right now, you'd see my like I look like I'm the sun because I feel so bright. Uh, I look at like the sun bright. Like, oh my god, I can't even speak because what you just like everything you just said is true. It's tragic. Yes, it shouldn't be happening. All of that, but you did something even better, man. I mean, you said no. Wait, 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 please, brother. Yeah. You said, you said no offense. Wait, wait, please. You said no offense. This is this is solid gold, please. You said no offense, but your delivery is a little bit. And I said, because I know, dude. I fucking know. I said, are you see? And you're like, I don't want to call it that. I was like, because it is. Because <laughs> why the why? How on earth could I not be like, like? See, the thing is, I am. I'm like a professional crazy person, and so. Yeah. Like that means like just because I'm like this intense wild man, I'm also ethical. I'm also yeah, with integrity. Yeah. I'm also intellectual, and I'm also committed to things that matter in this world. Even if I'm, yeah, I am a little bit like this. Yeah, I know how I talk. I know I'm like not normal, and so yeah, that makes me yeah. who I am today. So thank you for the like the best. Oh my god, I can't wait till this is published. This is. Well, so you really have done me a service here, man. Thank you for yeah. acknowledging. Yeah, I am a little bit off the wall. I am a little bit. Thank you. Let's call it what it is. Just like you said, the story's tragic, and it's true. I mean, it, of, it, yeah. yeah, it doesn't take more than, ladies and gentlemen, I spent a couple of hours last night um, looking at, like, literally two hours looking at all this stuff, but it doesn't take more than maybe 10 seconds. To see that this man is totally telling the truth. And I know his delivery is a little off the wall, but it's important. <laughs> okay, this is an important story. And just so you know, ladies and gentlemen of the History Voyager audience, I'm not the only person that reported this. Like, if, if that's the thing that drew, that drew me to it, was I was not the only person, okay? He's been talking to people all over the world for years. And this, that's important. It's important to raise awareness as to how you can put people away in mental, in mental illness, you know, in the mental illness system in this country. It's important to understand that. You know, <laughs> and that's that's one of the things I want to do with this podcast is to to show people what your world is really like and to get people to ask the question is this the world i want to live in that you can have a you know a basically normal enough person who might might have parents that weren't the best who things happen to this person is this the world that you want to live in is this a society that you want to have right <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> All right, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> I I I wanted to I wanted to uh, add to this that um 
a little piece that I think is really important right now. Um, give me one second. And that is that when I got off all those drugs and uh, I was at the same time period at the peak of my success with my work because I had just a couple years earlier published a book called uh, Better Days, a Mental Health Recovery Workbook. And that was the, uh, the result of my internship project of uh, to become a mental health worker with lived experience, which uh, ultimately, as I shared in 2015, I lost everything because I was working in that role to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, as a job. And, uh, but nevertheless, um, I published this book and it was a result of this work and it became successful. And by 2015, I was speaking as keynote speakers at uh, national uh, mental health conferences, including uh, a conference uh, sponsored by the uh, United States government, uh, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, SAMHSA. And so weird things happened at that conference where I was repeatedly um, repeatedly restricted. All sorts of things happened. There was a, a, a snafu with the nomination process. I was kept out. But then I received a call saying there was corruption. All these things were happening with my career right after I made this report. I mean, it is twisted. And ultimately... In November of that year, or I should say October, after I jumped ship and I left, I left my job because they were after me. All these crazy things were happening. I bought a one, I bought a plane ticket to Europe, and I, I was giving a uh, for the first time. I went to Europe and I presented at a mental health conference in Riga, Latvia, called the um, European Conference on Mental Health. You can look that up. The topic was called Punk Rock Mental Health and Recovery. It's on their calendar. That's real, Online. by the by the yeah. way, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's totally real. That's yeah. that was like the second or third thing down. I mean, it's totally yeah. real. Yeah. And so and so I I uh after that 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 conference, I did a little tour throughout Latvia, Lithuania, uh, Estonia, and Finland. And me and my my person I was traveling with at the time, we went into a sauna in Riga, Latvia. And in that sauna, unbeknownst to me, and mind you, I was already off the drugs for five months or six months. Mind you, so in that sauna, uh, I didn't realize that it was going to uh, release all these neurotoxins from my fat cells, and I became toxic. I became sick, and that I like that crazy person, like this kind of guy I am right now. This is this is how I became. Like I used to be a little different. I like me, by the way. I I know I'm a little bit much, but like I do like me a lot. I like who I am. I'm a little bit so much, you, but I'm good. So you're I, saying I, because the toxins were stored in your fat and they got out of your fat. And so, in a sense, it made you, uh, it changed your condition, let's say. Yeah, I was okay. changed forever. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. And right. Uh, my partner at the time, she said she never saw me act like that. And just thinking about it makes me feel sick. Bad things happened. Yeah. Nevertheless, I got back to the, to the United States, and uh, I sought out help, and ultimately, uh, instead of get, being given neurological care, I was locked into a psychiatric hospital. Same thing happens again, right? They was locked away for illicit reasons. Seven days later, after never being given a pill, a judge made sure that I was not going to be there any longer because they deemed my admission documents false, falsified. 
by by all criteria. And so there was this crazy thing happening. But I came back from Europe with my brain all scrambled, acting weird. I was locked away. I was then locked. I was then sectioned again. And I escaped the psych hospital, I swear to God, in New York City. I don't know how much of that you're going to find online, but I have talked about it before. And and I had this, this this condition where with my brain, not only did I just get off drugs after 28 years, not only was it was I already acting weird because of it, not only did I have this like this like toxification of my body where I got really sick, where people just said, oh, look, he's crazy. He's like, he's mentally ill. He should be on the pills. Ah, crazy shit. Not only that, but also my company where I used to work, the people I was involved with, the people who who respected my business and brought me in, all this, everyone was just not interested in, or they were willing to push me away or get rid of me. And so how did I get better, right? That's why I kind of went on this whole little little anecdote here, which is kind of crazy, right? How did I get yeah. better? How did you get better? Cannabis. I was okay. living in Massachusetts. I went to see a doctor. He prescribed to me cannabis, and mm-hmm. from that moment on, I began to get better. My brain began to regenerate. I got better and better and better and better. And I wanted to share that because, as you stated a minute ago, we are talking about things that shouldn't be happening in our current era. So if that's how I got better, if that's how I was able to, in part, heal my neurological condition, I mean, I'm not slurring my words, dude, but four years ago I was. So, you know, and there's actually an interview that you might be able to look up. I don't know if it's still online, but it was on a podcast called Conquer Worry. Conquer Worry podcast. And something like uh, it was the second time he interviewed me. And then we talked about why the first time we couldn't post it. And we actually specifically discussed the very point I just made. Maybe you guys can find that. Um, But that is in part how I've been healing from all that happened to me that shouldn't be happening in this current day and age. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you want to make a better society, man, you got to ask, I mean, how, how dissimilar is this from the 1890s? Because this was common in the 1890s. Just saying, just saying, just saying. Just saying, dude. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's. And that's what I love about now is that you can, somebody like you can find somebody like me, and I can, we can have a conversation, and I can, literally, I'm not going to edit this at all. I'm going to throw it, I'm going to put a little introduction on the front of it. I'm going to I'm going to have a snack, put a little introduction on the front of it and just put it in the web, man. That's so much gonna, fun. This is what being a human <laughs> being is all about. That's what like, I'm going to do. And that's what you're going to do, dude. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen after this. But uh, I do. I know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> what's tomorrow that? is going to you're going to wake up tomorrow. You're going to do yeah. it. You're going to have a glass of water. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and do whatever I do. And then the next day, yeah. and then yeah. the next day, and then the, and that's, I'm going to be happy. You're going to have something to eat. I have a yeah. cat. And a, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what's going to happen. But I mean, I'm, I'm saying with this podcast, I mean, this podcast is, you know, my understanding is this podcast is fairly well listened to. So, you, you know, and I'm, you've been on bigger things than me 
for years. So, yeah, I think you're brave. I think you're brave and courageous. And, you know, I, I mean, you have to get past the delivery. But if you can get past the delivery, yeah. you got a story, man. Yeah, no, I, I listen, I, I, I can't like help. My, like, I, believe me, I'm trying. Oh, my no, God. I mean, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to oh. my audience, you know, get yeah. past the delivery. Right. Listen yeah. to what this man's telling you that people you can put people away. It's the year 2021 and you can put people away for good and, and a mental health situation for good. Now, think about that. Is that something you want? <laughs> you know? Do you want to do that? You know? Just saying. You know? <laughs> All right, man. I'd like to say that um, uh, uh, compared to how I was two years ago, my delivery <laughs> is, like, so chill. I'm, like... Balanced. I'm serious. Like I'm yeah. serious. Like well, it's like I yeah. pulled it together like, compared to how I was, dude. I mean, this has been a yes. Yeah, so for the listeners, but but what our esteemed host is saying is correct. I'm a little bit difficult to uh, you know take sometimes, and I know that, and yeah. uh, and that's okay, you know. I'll, but <laughs> I'm laughing because because oh my god, I'm like a thousand times better than I was. So just like. That's important, considering that these things can happen to people, and I actually survived. So yeah. that's important. Uh, all right. So where are we in the narrative? Of, in the narrative? Yeah, where uh, are we in the narrative here? All right. Cool. Yeah, so basically, I'm going to try to pull it together here. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2015, 2016, all this crazy shit, my life collapsed. No one wanted to deal with me. I became homeless. I spent the next year and a half homeless. I lost. I, I usually say I lost everything I have. Now, were, you, were, you, were you homeless in Europe or were you homeless in America? Because you uh, told me you were homeless in Europe. I figured, right? I mean, what would you do? Would you be homeless in the Northeast in the middle of winter in a place where nobody wants you? And the only homeless shelter in your town you can go to, you previously gave support groups at? Or would you... Uh, Try to do something different and trust yourself and trust the universe and recognize that, well, sometimes you just have to jump. Like I watched this video before that uh, by Steve Harvey, the, the family feud guy, the comedian, where he does all this spiritual stuff where he talks sometimes. He's actually yeah. interesting man. And he gave this. You should all look this up, please. He did this outtake during family feud where he talks about uh, jumping and like meaning like sometimes when. You know, things seem impossible and things seem like they can't they can't ever get better. Maybe you just have to take a take a big risk and believe in yourself and believe in who you are. And so I I watched that video right before I said, What the heck am I gonna do? Live here in a homeless shelter? Like that's gonna kill me in a week. I'll kill myself. I will kill myself. So no, I'm gonna buy a plane ticket to Europe, talk to some of my European colleagues and develop something. And that's what I did. And I had my books translated into uh, numerous languages. I spent the next year and a half uh, traveling Europe. I was working professionally while homeless. God is my witness. While homeless, I was working professionally as a mental health staff trainer in the Netherlands, in uh, Ireland, 
in, in uh, uh, Belgium, in the Czech Republic, uh, in France. I'm talking uh, Sweden, uh, Finland. I'm I'm saying, well, I was homeless. There were days when I could make a thousand dollars, and I'd stay in a fancy. They put me up in a nice hotel that night, and then the next day I was like, where am I gonna stay? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what was up. And so I had created this whole crazy reality where while I was homeless in Europe, I swear, all all 100% Googleable. That's the word Googleable. All of it is everything I'm saying. <laughs> and I traveled throughout Europe, and either I was doing a professional mental health training at like the the Czech National Institute of Mental Health, or or at, at, at universities in in, in in Switzerland, or wherever it may be, right? With translators, all of all of craziness. Well, I wasn't doing that. I was doing empowerment discussions uh, in the Ukraine, in Bulgaria, in Serbia, in Kosovo. I mean, come on. I had to create a life for myself. Who was going to help me? So, yeah, all of that while homeless. All of that throughout the, the entirety of Europe. I went to 30 different countries doing that. And I actually, yeah, I actually did look online and... That actually lines up with what he just said. I mean, he was actually working. But my curiosity is, my, my question is, in this country, in the United States, um, it is practically impossible to, to get a job while you're homeless. Uh, certainly a job in the mental health care uh, profession. How, how did you do that in Europe? I didn't tell them. Okay, okay. Because, like, until I got to the workshop, usually, and sometimes I swear, oh, my God, dude, I swear. There were times, you know, when I, when I say working, I mean, I would do a day-long training where I would train with, I would train staff, staff uh, workers, employees, mental health people mm -hmm. uh, in my curriculum. Because I created a curriculum, and it was well-received and acclaimed as a, as a efficacious resource. It's called, in English, uh, well, in English, it's called the Better Days Mental Health recovery workbook don't get it on amazon it's a corporate trillionaire company who doesn't respect their 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 their, their employees get it from me directly or go to lulu.com don't get it on amazon thank you side note and uh yeah um i created a life for myself uh traveling and speaking and most of the times they didn't even know i was homeless until i until I told them in the workshop. And there was an, one, one time in particular, if I recall, where was I? I showed up. Oh, my God, I have a photo of it I can show you. I have a mm -hmm. photo. Uh, I had flown from Italy to um, split Croatia. Again, because I want to just say that the European Conference of Mental Health, in part, because I met them in 2015 when I first went to Europe and I had that whole incident with the sauna, those people were stood by me in different ways and because of them, I was able to create a life for myself through all these professional avenues because of being involved in their international conference. So I went to their 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 conference in 2018 in Split, Croatia, right? Uh, or 2000, yeah, 2018. And there, uh, wait a second. Um, Ah, I remember. And so there, I had I was in Italy for two weeks, and I was um, I had nowhere to stay. I stayed at people's houses, but I also stayed in a field when I was at a, a music festival. I showed up to this to this conference where everyone's wearing like not suit and ties, but like decent clothing, 
wearing ripped jeans, a shirt that was dirty, and uh, I had lost so much weight, my pants were falling off me. And then I went and I gave this presentation uh, called um, Spirituality, um, how, I, uh, how I healed myself from a lifetime of trauma in front of about 100 people, a packed room where there was nowhere to even, like people were standing, sitting, surrounding me. And somebody who I'm still in touch with came up to me and gave me a belt off their body so I could have my pants secured and now I have to hold my pants up with one hand. That is what I did in Europe. And that's how I got to where I'm at today because I had no choice. Wow. Yeah. I have a photo taken of me hiding. I'm going to send it to you later. Of me hiding. Mm-hmm. Watching all the people waiting to go into the workshop. And I was like, I smell like crap. Oh, my God. I'm mm-hmm. dirty. And I had no choice. And that's when I told them when I went in. Sorry. I'm homeless. But here we are. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'll tell you what. Um. What I'm going to do uh, is there's a photo of you online. What I'm going to do is get a screenshot of that. And I'm going to take this photo here that you're going to give me. And I'll put them on Instagram so people can see. You can do yeah. that. Absolutely. All yeah. good. That's Easy. what I'll do, man. That's what I'll do. So people can see so that you're telling the truth. So, that, you know, that's what I'll do. I yeah. have endless documentation. Brother, it should be clear to the whole world that the reason why I am, like, laughing and having a good time and telling the story and and living yeah. in the moment and surviving and doing what I'm doing is because I documented everything. Only yeah. a person who documents all this stuff can then prove it and say it. If I couldn't document it, no one doesn't do what I said. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, that's yeah, man. Um, so you're at this conference and then, so you got a belt and then, um, that's, ultimately just, brother, I, yeah. like, I survived. That was the answer to your question. Although it's, you know, my, my disjointed crazy way. That is yeah. what I did in Europe. I had to do what I had to do. And yeah. so, because I was viewed as a professional, they just, this, this, there was just this part of my story that was really screwed up. Wow. So, how yeah. do you like, they don't, yeah, the United States isn't very friendly to people like me. No, it's not. And that's, I did a whole, I did a podcast with a, with a lawyer, with a homelessness lawyer. And uh, she went into that. But, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> that podcast really did affect me. I, I certainly talked about it practically every podcast since then just about it <laughs> but um so brother so i'm going to tie this all together because yeah. we, are, we are we are two human beings who need who have things to do and mm-hmm. uh yeah so, so basically like i finally uh realized that i'd have a better chance at living in a house if i went somewhere where i could afford it i could legally be there so we mm-hmm. talked at the beginning how did i end up in mexico well yeah. it's very easy to live here it's much less expensive, and you can do it legally with ease. And they welcome us. And, like, I'm not some rich guy or rich people. There are lots of rich Americans here who, who aren't particularly 
looked at in the same way as I am because of their behavior, et cetera, et cetera, how they are. But I am with the people. Like I, I didn't just like leave my home country where I was kind of a street kid anyway. So just somehow became a mental health worker with all this stuff. I was always like a poor kind of street kid. So I'm that way here too. Like I, I, I have my street culture. I have. My, I don't speak Spanish very well, but I've been here for two years. But I live here, man. I moved here. I rented a house. I still live in my house. I can afford it. I'm happy. I'm safe. It provided me an opportunity to like love myself, to connect with the, with the universe, to like not have a calendar every day where I have to like be a schedule. I can just live. Mm-hmm. I recommend everybody who needs to get out. It's a viable option. Ask me. I can advise you. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. Um, I tell you what, um, thank you, first of all, Craig Lewis, for coming on and just hang on the line with me. And I'm gonna disconnect this, but just hang on the line, okay? All right. When you initially contacted me, oh God, I forgot when it was now, but when you initially, you wanted to talk to me about your books and your various uh, works and stuff. So why don't we talk about that? Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. You know, you know, I've already shared a lot of what I've been through and it's Mm. kind of a crazy story and talking to me about it is also kind of crazy because it sounds crazy and I come across as crazy. And so I figured that if that was my experience and if that was how people responded to me or how people yeah. interpreted me, that's probably because I have really been harmed in such a way that it's affected me. And so I have to live in a world. I choose to live in this world in which I don't, let all the things that happened to me define me and control me while at the same time I acknowledge that those things happened. Didn't you know how it is? It's not a child's fault that they were abused. You know what I'm saying? So we have right. to do the best we can with what's happened to us and build. And so right. I felt that throughout all these years of having these maddening experiences that maybe I should own it and maybe I should own it. And put it out there in a form, in a tangible form, that other people could benefit from. And that's really been my intention uh, for as long as I've known that I had something to offer others, which was rooted in what happened to me. And so mm. thank you for allowing me to share with you uh, about about my many projects mm. that I, I have uh, going on. So um, mm. most recently, uh, Ben, I published uh, two books. That's really what uh, this last segment of this interview is about. Uh, those two books are, uh, the first mm-hmm. one is called The Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible, which obviously my name is Craig Lewis. And if you've made it to this point in the interview, then uh, you know that I've survived the impossible. So I figured, yeah, yeah, yeah. why not just call it The Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible? Because it's my story written in a workbook form with some poems that uh, has uh, uh, 15 uh, separate passages and 15 accompanying worksheets, plus a bunch of mm. poems and some other writings, which not only uh, have my story of what happened to me and how I survived and how I've been, I guess I should say, I'm in the process of healing. I think it would be false to say I'm healed. No, I'm not. 
it's a long-term process mm. and who knows what's going to happen. But this book, the Craig Lewis guide to surviving the impossible is a guide based on my own story with my story integrated into all the pages, but written in such a way that it's almost like a, a biography. No, it's like a, it's like an autobiography written in a biographical form, mm. which with, uh, these anecdotes and passages with the worksheets, which are intended to help the reader look inside themselves if they can identify, and I think they can, mm-hmm. um, many can, to do the work to go to deep inside and try to rework, like like understand better or cope with better or make mm-hmm. sense of better the things that have happened to them throughout their lives that really, really, really hurt them and change them into someone that maybe they don't like or some of the that's different from who they were when they were young. And that's mm-hmm. me as well. I'm that same person. So I figured why not make that mm-hmm. a reality? So that's book number one. So I can share that with you first. Okay. Yeah. 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 Shall I go on? Um, I certainly have been through a lot. And yeah. just in the past two weeks, uh, I've been through some really hard times. Like, mm. I think the real most important thing here mm. is, of course, we can acknowledge that all these things have happened, you know, that we're not supposed to be doing that to our kids. And uh, the system is not supposed to be facilitating abuses and, you know, the mental health system and, mm. you know, the medical profession is supposed to do no harm. So what the F, right? Like, how is this possible? And yeah, especially yeah. in this current day and age where everyone's talking about mental health, mental health. Mental health. Right. We have right. Olympians talking about mental health. Isn't it interesting that you're speaking with a guy right now that people are listening to this guy speak who is legitimately a mental health advocate, who legitimately knows mm-hmm. this stuff and knows how to really make a difference in the world. And because um, my story doesn't fit into the, the mental health narrative because, <laughs> well, I was victimized into becoming a... Right. A, a person who has mental health challenges and then I rescued myself from it. And then I, you know, under great mm-hmm. consequence to my life um, with mm-hmm. great benefit as well, that the society we live in doesn't really want to hear that. And I'm just so puzzled as to why we promote uh, this concept of get help, talk about it. We have this whole thing about how men don't seek out help men's mental health. I can't begin to tell you, brother, how difficult it is to get anyone to talk to me when they're in some sort of like mental health role like this mm. or like mm. in, a, in a organization or a, a motivational speaker or a, a podcast or, or anyone. Mm. It's like, mm. like I don't fit the narrative, even though I am the epitome of what it means to be in recovery uh, from severe trauma. I don't fit the narrative. That's the uh, I guess we should say the contemporary status quo-esque uh, presentation of what mental health and mental health mm. care is about. And so people like you make it mm. possible for people like me to not only uh, be heard, which helps me mm. heal, because I am hurt. I am mm. in pain. I am in pain. That's why I come across crazy sometimes. That's why it's nearly impossible to tell my story. It would take hours. It would take days, man, to like tell you everything in detail. I'd have to go so slow to be able to do it. I, I just can't. Yeah. So uh, 
thank you for being this person in my life to help me do this. Well, hey, Craig. Um, hey, is there any... Brother, yeah. can, I share, can I share with you briefly about my other book and give you oh, my... Oh, uh... yeah, no, my bad. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So the, the other new book that I just published, and I'll send you this, the covers to look at, uh, mm-hmm. to share, mm-hmm. is called uh, You're Crazy, Volume 2, which is an anthology of punk rockers, because I am a punk rock guy. Uh, punk rockers from around the world. There's 20 writers in this volume from seven or eight different countries sharing of their personal stories of being connected to the punk rock community, punk rock music, but also being survivors of uh, mental health, you know, addiction, trauma, and all sorts mm-hmm. of unfortunate circumstances. And they have documented their personal stories in this anthology. It's called Your Crazy Volume 2. And uh, both books were just published last month. I'm super proud. And um, anybody who wants to check them out, or any of my books, because I publish many books, uh, can go to www.lulu, which is L-U-L-U, dot com, slash spotlight, slash better days recovery press. Soon I'm going to have a new website up. It's in the works. Thank thank the heavens. Uh, And people can also email me. To order books directly, me directly, or ask me questions. I prefer people to just contact me for that stuff. Um, surviving the impossible. Surviving the impossible at gmail.com. All right. Um, that sounds cool. Well, Craig, um, you're easily one of the bravest people I've had on this podcast. Easily. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. And um, thank you. And thank you, thank you for being you. Thank you for giving <laughs> a crap about other people. Thank you for caring about society. Thank you for caring about you know helping the truth be known. Because when the truth is known, people's lives improve. You know people who have been hurt, have, lives improve. You know I. I it, it, it took a pandemic. It, it took a it took a global plague for me to understand that a lot of people don't care about society. They don't care. They don't want to care. They, you know. But thank you for coming on. And um, all right, man. All right. <clears throat> This has been Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager, and as always, I'm having a good day, and I hope you are too, buddy. Um, All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.